last year. First weekend of college football in the new season. Sixth-ranked USC routes San Jose State 56-28. Last year's Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams throws for four touchdowns. And 13th-ranked Notre Dame beats Navy 42-3. Sam Hartman throws for four touchdowns for the Irish. El Segundo, California, plays Curacao for the Little League World Series title today in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. California holds more titles than any other state with seven. Coverage of the title game at 3 Eastern on ABC. Making his MLS debut for Inter-Miami as a sub, Lionel Messi scores last night. Hey, this is Freddie Coleman, and hope you had a good weekend. And coming up on Monday, which NFL team is going to be the one that is the most disappointing by the end of 2023? We'll give our answer more at 6 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2, and ESPNU. Best Week Ever with Peter Burns and Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. College football is back. NFL is almost there. We saw Aaron Rodgers back. We saw the Denver Broncos beat the Rams yesterday 41-0. But you know what excites me and what we talk about a lot over on Sunday mornings is football on the field on Saturdays. Peter Burns, Courtney Cronin, the show always presented by Progressive Insurance. But now I'm in a dark spot because as much as I want to talk college football, and we're going to bring in Adam Rittenberg right now, our ESPN college football insider. I've gone down this rabbit hole of like old school mall stores back in the day. I didn't even bring up Sharper Image earlier today. Babbage's. I mean, I like Sam Goody. Oh, if you have one, hit us up on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN at Courtney R. Cronin. Uh, before we get into Caleb Williams and Notre Dame, Adam, favorite old school mall store was? Yeah, I think it's like a progression. I, I, Sam Goody definitely like in teenage years. KB Toys is oh. one early on. Stride Right for the shoes. shoes. Um, and uh, yeah, no, definitely Sam Goody is I, I got more into music in, in the teenage years. Remember we used to be able to go adopt pets at the mall? I used to love that as well too. Like you would go to like Petland and they'd be like, oh, there's like 43. Oh, this is like the cutest puppy that we couldn't do that anymore, Courtney. No, because I think PETA would have something to say about that. And usually those are the animals that had like worms and all these other like problems that when you brought them home they cost thousands of dollars with medical bills so your parents Jeez. i'm sure were thrilled what with pet you. land were you going to that was a that was a nasty pet land Jeez, right. wasn't great i'm sure that adam hasn't gone to one of those adam uh week's hero in the books uh college football make that awkward radio transition from dogs in the mall with worms to college football, and to, I, it's a great job. It was, thank you. That's that's what we're paid for. Uh, that's what we're paid to do here. Uh, let's talk. Let's, let's talk. Caleb Williams, a game that I know a lot of people weren't able to see last night. I couldn't find the Pac-12 network. Found out I did not have the Pac-12 network, but. What do you make of his debut for the Trojans this year? 56 points, impressive, but on the other side of that, USC's defense looked atrocious. Right. It's kind of the repeat, Courtney and Peter, of what we saw last year at the end and, and, and really for a good chunk of Lincoln Riley's tenure. I mean, you can't take your eyes off of the offense, uh, and you also can't take your eyes off of the defense for different reasons. Caleb Williams, classic. Uh, performance for him you know the ball that is on the ground and he picks it up and whips it you know 30 yards downfield for a 
for a long touchdown. Um, and he was great. And, uh, but, but again, defensively, and, and I know they, they talked, he listening to a couple of their players after the game, you know, they weren't happy with how they performed against the, you know, veteran quarterback at San Diego State, or San Jose State, I should say. Um, so it, it, it's a progression. They, they, that's the unit, again, I'm going to be watching much more than Caleb Williams early in the season because it's not going to matter in the end if they're not better defensively, especially in that league when you're going to be stressed with much better quarterbacks and much better teams than they saw last night at the Coliseum. And so, yeah, Caleb's going to be great, big numbers, spreading the ball around. he got a lot of receivers involved. He's fine. It's the defense, and to me, that unit's got to find ways to improve and, and make stops and avoid some of the errors that they believe they caused. It wasn't so much the other team. It was, it was their, their own errors. Uh, when, when they go up, up up against the Notre Dames and the Washingtons and the Oregons and those types of teams later in the season. Yeah, and I mean, listen, we saw Zachariah Branch, the true freshman, 232 yards total, a couple touchdowns, looked awesome, right? Offensively, they're going to be great. The question is, an Alex Grinch in this defense, it wasn't great at Oklahoma. It doesn't look great right now. And Maybe perhaps it was a blessing that they were on the Pac-12 and not a lot of people saw it because they'll only hear the headlines um, that worked out pretty well for the Trojans. Pretty good game over there in Dublin for Sam Hartman. What did you take away from the Fighting Irish getting uh, a big dub off the uh, against Navy? Yeah, really impressed. Uh, you know, Sam was very good in their spring game. I, I've been down there a couple of times in the preseason, and he's drawn terrific reviews both for his on-field play and his leadership. He's really immersed himself at Notre Dame and uh, you know, become a guy that's gained incredible respect in that locker room. And then he goes out and delivers a nearly flawless performance. Now, it's going to get tougher, we know, but to, to, but to begin the thing like that uh, with, with you know, the accuracy and the touchdown passes and really providing a jolt to the passing game, which was big for Notre Dame because we know they can run the ball. We know they have a number of future NFL guys on their offensive line, but can they attack downfield with multiple receivers? You, saw, you even thought about moving its, its week two game to week zero so he could just serve the suspension this week and not miss the FSU game. But it is the rule, and it was broken, and because of the, uh, you know, the, the penalties at the time, he's going to have to sit out, and it's certainly a big loss for, for LSU's defensive line against a Florida State offense that returns a lot and is very confident, and we'll see how it ultimately impacts the game. I, I still think this is going to be a heck of a game, guys, and, and I, I think you know, regardless of how it goes outcome-wise, it will be a much higher-quality game than what we saw last year in New Orleans just because these both of these teams return a lot. They're more comfortable with their, their respective coaches and, and each other, and it's going to be, I think, the best game of week one. So that game is Sunday of next week. So the week one slate goes all the way into Monday, which is the week one of the NFL. So it's exciting that it's finally back. Week zero and a half is where we're at right now before we get into week one. I wanted to ask you about Florida State because I know the conversation around them and the team that we'll see on Monday, Clemson, part of the ACC, that there might have already have been a changing of the guard where Clemson been trending down for a couple of years, even though they are preseason ninth ranked team in college football. Football. But Florida State and what they bring to the table, do you see them as potentially the favorite to win the ACC this year? I think it's more of a toss-up, Courtney. But again, until you beat that team, and that team is Clemson, which, by the way, won the ACC last year, it's hard for me to say, oh, you know, it's, it's, the changing of the guard has happened. And you know, Florida State has to go to Clemson in week four. So they're going to, you know, they'll have that LSU game under their, their belt 
uh, which is a neutral site game kind of in Orlando. But then they have to go up to Death Valley. That's going to be tough. Uh, and Clemson, you know, again, has, I think, the better defense. And we'll see on offense. Uh, Clemson wasn't great on offense last year. Wasn't great on offense the year before. They bring in Garrett Riley from TCU, Lincoln's brother, to be the offensive coordinator and try to get things right, especially in the passing game. And if he does, it's hard to bet against Clemson just because they have been so dominant in the ACC. It's kind of like in the Big Ten when Ohio State would win every year until Michigan beat them or somebody beat them to win the conference. It's hard to say anyone else is the favorite. And I, I feel similarly in the ACC that Florida State's got to go out and get it done. And that's what I'm talking about kind of with the LSU game is that they will be better this year at Florida State because they bring back everybody. But can they actually perform when it counts, especially in the conference against the team that has dominated that league really since you, Florida State, last won a national championship. So that's going to be an exciting subplot of the season, certainly in the ACC. Yeah, and I can't wait to see Kate Klubnick be able to be QB1 from the get-go. And I kind of want to see what DJ Uangalole is going to be able to go do uh, over out west as well in the Pac-12 for Oregon State. All right, my man, always great stuff. Uh, looking forward to yelling at you via social media soon, okay? Can't wait, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that it. Is Adam Brittenberg joining us, our ESPN College Football Insider. All right, let's talk a little NFL uh, coming up. Is uh, We'll go through what ended up happening yesterday, and also Aaron Rodgers is back, the Broncos with a big victory and a scary injury as well. That coming up next year on ESPN Radio. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey earlier this week saying, I'm not a recruiter, and as of right now, there's no one that we feel like we need to be reaching for. There is no reason in Dabo Sweeney's mind for Clemson to leave the ACC. But if Clemson makes the move to the SEC, Dabo quits immediately. Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Sarah wants a yard. My own little paradise. Brad, however, hates yard work. The only thing I hate more than cutting the grass is paying someone to cut the grass. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Sarah and Brad found a great home with a yard. A very, very small yard. Time to get it done. And I'm done. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. The biannual blowout is just a week away, and we've got a lot of work to do. Keenan's Rug Emporium is rolling out a Labor Day bonanza. He needs 10 new sales associates as the crowds loom large. Can someone run a stock check on all the Moroccan 8x10s? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. This is Buster Only, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, inviting you to join us. We go three days a week with great guests from players such as Mike Trout and Carlos Correa, managers like Dusty Baker and Dave Roberts, general managers like Brian Cashman and Alex Anthopoulos, and our regulars, Tim Kirkchin, Sarah Langs, Jeff Pass, and Carl Rabbit. Baseball is a great fishbowl of humanity, and we go big game fishing every day. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Little League Softball World Series is the best time of the year. Two weeks filled with laughs, high fives, and sportsmanship. That's what it's all about. Little League Softball at its best. Igniting a lifelong love of the game. They just love to play. Sit back and enjoy. The Little League World Series Championship. Presented by T-Mobile. Today on ABC. 
Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. 68 years ago, the very first edition of the Guinness Book of Records was published in London. If you had to pick one thing to break a record, what would it be? Who you got? Ooh, one thing to break a record. My brother Dan is in the Guinness Book of World Records. Really? Yeah. He he was a doctor who helped a guy do surgery on himself from 2,000 miles away. But that's that's a whole other story. I don't know. I could go to the obvious, eat the most of something, but... I. I don't know. I don't want to break records because I do feel like sometimes it's a little thirsty when you're going after it on purpose, you know? Sounds like someone I mean, who can't break records. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be based in reality, right? I don't think that was the question, correct? I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I would like to break the record for the richest man in the world. That's a fair Hello. Point. There we go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It all comes down to this. The PGA Tour FedEx Cup playoffs on ESPN+. Plus. Golf's biggest names competing for the PGA Tour's ultimate prize. A field of 70 face-off in this winner-take-all affair. Three tournaments, three consecutive weeks, one winner. Tune in for live coverage at the main feed, featured groups, and featured holes. Beginning August 10th then ending August 27th on ESPN+. The hunt for October continues on ESPN Radio. Ronald Acuna Jr. with a bow. The Atlanta Braves are storming toward the postseason with baseball's best record. This weekend, they head to San Francisco to face the Giants, who are in the thick of the National League wildcard race. And every game is critical. Towards the plate, the throw, and they get him. Wow. The Atlanta Braves and the San Francisco Giants. Coverage begins today at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. I love deadline spur action. I think that's, we always say that in sports. Right, Courtney? Uh, it comes when, when contracts, like Josh Jacobs ended up getting up his deal, trying to figure out uh, what was going to go on, other trades being made, other deals being done as we get ready for the NFL season to start. But there's a huge deadline coming up right now. Mikey, yeah. come on, take the microphone. You can't say, listen, you know how ADD I am. I want to talk about the Trey Lance trade. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers on how he did. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about Caleb Williams. We're going to talk all about this. But there is a deadline in your life right now that you are sweating. Please let the audience know. All right, so I got a Bumble match with the most beautiful girl you've ever seen. And the way Bumble works is when you match with somebody, you have 24 hours for the female to message you. You can't. The female has to send the first message. Tick, tick, tick. The clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. You can, you get one extend a month as okay. a guy. And so I immediately extended with this with this woman because she's gorgeous. But I'm down to nine hours left for okay, Maria it was ten, to it was, message me It back. was 10 hours, like 45 seconds ago when you told us. And I think she, if she's out there listening to us in one of the many affiliate stations sure that is. have us picked up uh, at 7.19 a.m. Central Time, then she heard your call out to her yeah. with that song that you came back with. Maria, well done. just letting you know, my man's sweating. And just let, like, again... I still think that she should wait until like last hour just oh, just think? to build up the excitement for you. I know you should nothing. hold out like Zach yeah. Martin. 
Yeah. And get yourself a contract. <laughs> we're not, we're, yeah, we're not, I don't know how this works in the dating world like that, but that's holdout. what you should do. <laughs> no, I'm still, I, listen, I am all in favor of that. I still think that all marriages should be like extended contracts. You'd be a seven-year deal. You do seven years and you figure out like, hey, listen, are we good? Are we here? We want a free agent? Are we, what, what, what how are we? Player are we option at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, player <laughs> option. Like at some point you decide on if it's, you're in or you're out. If not, hey, listen, we had a great run. It was fantastic. If so, then you say, let's continue. Let's resign. That's just uh, my opinion. At Peter Burns, ESPN, at Courtney R. Cronin. All right, uh, there was big stories uh, in news. Uh, let's talk about with that trade. Here's what Adam Schefter had to say about Trey Lance being traded. The 49ers, when they made the decision to make Trey Lance number three, wanted to trade him and wanted to find a home that they thought would work for him. They spent the last 24 hours on the phone with other teams trying to find a new home for him. And finally, late Friday afternoon, the Dallas Cowboys stepped up and offered more than the other teams to get him to Dallas. And so the 49ers get back a fourth-round draft pick for the player that they once traded up to go get. But it was important to San Francisco right now to put him in a place that they felt comfortable with, and they feel comfortable with their quarterback situation. Brock Purdy has proven so far that he's healthy. They believe in Sam Garner. They like Brandon Allen. And so there really was not a spot for Trey Lance, who they wound up trading to Dallas for a fourth-round draft pick. Listen, this is not a Trey Lance deal. This is not even a Dak Prescott-Dallas Cowboys deal. This now becomes a Brock Purdy-Kyle Shanahan deal because, Courtney, as you eloquently put it out uh, earlier on the show, that if all of a sudden if Brock Purdy doesn't work after this debacle and other debacles behind Kyle Shanahan in the days, the idea of him being this quarterback guru, this quarterback whisperer, all of a sudden, it gets extremely rocky. Like, Brock Purdy has to work for the 49ers now. They have pushed all of their chips in on Brock Purdy. And that's great if you really believe that this is more than just a one-year flash in the pan, which they very clearly do. Going into training camp, going into the preseason, going into this offseason, we know that he had the elbow surgery, and there was this question about the timeline, and that's why they kept Trey Lance around. But once they knew that he was going to be ready to go, that's where Trey Lance fell down the depth chart. And to no fault of his own, I think that their timelines just did not match up. Breakups are hard, and I think that this is like to find like winners and losers in all of this. It's just, it's just unfortunate that it ended up playing out this way. The 49ers giving up so much draft capital. Three. To move I up mean, to think about three. this. I mean, That's again, every time I read it, it's even crazier, right? The fact that in the moment we looked at it as three first rounders and a third round pick to select someone who played very little football, right? Like, it's crazy enough to see the Colts do what they did and go grab Anthony Richardson right there. But can you imagine saying, here's going to be somewhat of a similar situation, but we're going to give you three first-rounders and a third-rounder? That I mean, it's absolute NFL malfeasance. Like this, this should be, it's a fireable offense for any front office that would screw up so badly. And yet they're still kind of getting away with it because they went to a Super Bowl not that long ago. And because they went to the NFC championship game with the seventh round quarterback that they ended up working out and working into their system. If this was, if they were a bad team, if they were an eight and nine team, 
this is not even a topic of conversation because Trey Lance is probably still on that roster. But because Kyle Shanahan has the benefit, and maybe not even a fair benefit, because how many Super Bowls have they won with this rotating cast of quarterbacks that they've had since he took over in 2017? None. None. But it's... The amount of scrutiny that will be on him if this thing does not work out this season, their window to win is now. John Lynch said as much on the broadcast the other night when he was briefly explaining this trade. Their window to win is now. If they don't win with the guys that they have, if they have to keep making trades to force this thing through and keep giving up draft capital, that is a terrible look on the general manager, on the head coach, and the organization for getting it wrong. It is, again, just when you even see it, every time I read it, I'm just aghast uh, of how bad that trade was. At Courtney R. Cronin, at Peter Burns ESPN. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about Aaron Rodgers, what he had to say. One interesting comment that really kind of stood out after he made his, uh, I would say, successful debut for the Jets yesterday. Also, we'll put a little money in your pocket, some of the best bets of the week. That coming up next, best week ever on ESPN. The league wild card race, and every game is critical. Towards the plate, the throw, and they- Get him. Wow. The Atlanta Braves and the San Francisco Giants. Coverage begins today at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. It all comes down to this. The PGA Tour FedEx Cup playoffs on ESPN+. Plus. Golf's biggest names competing for the PGA Tour's ultimate prize. A field of 70 face-off in this winner-take-all affair. Three tournaments, three consecutive weeks, one winner. Tune in for live coverage at the main feed, featured groups, and featured holes. Beginning August 10th and ending August 27th on ESPN+. Good morning, I'm Doug Brown. On the first night of the new college football season, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner picks up where he left off. Caleb throws underneath. Zach Brents gets away. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. First touchdown for Zachariah Branch. It won't be his last, kids. He is really something special. Touchdown, USC. The call on 790 KABC. Caleb Williams throws for 278, 278 yards and four touchdowns. USC beats San Jose State 56-28. Freshman wideout Zachariah Branch also had a 96-yard kick return for a touchdown. Dolphins wideout Daywood Davis spent the night in the hospital after getting carted off the field against the Jaguars last night in Jacksonville. The game was stopped after Davis's injury with eight and a half minutes to play. Baseball finals from Saturday night. The Orioles win their fourth in a row, beating the Rockies 5-4. Ryan Mountcastle with a two-run double. The 80th win of the year for Baltimore. The Reds beat the Diamondbacks 8-7 on an 11th inning balk by Nabil Krismat after each team scored three times in the 10th. The Brewers win their seventh in a row. They beat the Padres 5-4. William Contreras with a big two-run double. Chris Busher wins the NASCAR Cup Series regular season finale at Daytona, his third win in the last five races. Bubba Wallace clinches the last playoff spot, and veteran Martin Truex Jr. wraps up the regular season title. 
What's up? This is Freddie Coleman, and coming up on Monday, week one of the NFL is nearly here. Which game should you be the most excited for? We'll answer that and more at 6 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. Cronin, this show always presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. It is best week ever. And always remember, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Courtney, I'm I'm very curious, and we'll bring Anita into this conversation. Anita, I'll bring this up because this is coming out of left field, so I don't expect you to have to dial in on this thing but college football being there and i saw that we're going to have about eight percent less plays right we've seen one weekend there's a there's went from about 68 plays per game down to 63 plays per game so in essence i think they do that for player safety right i mean they're doing it they're 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 running the clock after the first downs one thing i want you to keep track of maybe we can do the the remaining of the week or remaining of the year is if we have more college football unders now, because if you're going to take away six, seven plays of any sport, wouldn't you think the scoring would be down? Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it on daily wager um, on, on Friday, which by the way, was our, our last show out there in Vegas. You guys must be absolutely thrilled. Both Joe Fortenball and Tyler uh, <laughs> are moving their way back East. So uh, now we've got another golfer in the ESPN family, Tyler, who's, uh, who's quite good. But um, we talked about it then, and and I guess I guess the the, um, the expectation is that more unders will hit in college football. So, but but I I think you're right. I, I think it'd be kind of cool to to just you know follow that trend and see how and if that plays out. But uh, one would imagine that that would be the result. So we've got the end of week zero. We're moving into college football season fast and furious. Week one next week, which means that the NFL's right around the corner tonight. The final game of the preseason, the Texans and the Saints, the third time that we'll get to see C.J. Stroud out there for Houston. What do you like in this game? Yeah, C.J. Stroud has just been absolutely horrible. Uh, but do you blame it all on him? He just doesn't have a great supporting cast. 9 of 16, 73 yards and an interception in two games. I think we're going to get a heavy dose of him, especially since he's expected to be the starting quarterback, right? So um, I think we're going to get a heavy dose of him. I'm not expecting him to do much. Um, maybe in the second half we'll be split between Mills and, and Case Keenum. Meanwhile, for the Saints, we're not going to see Carr. James Winston is going to start... Uh, and then their third-string quarterback is going to come in. Defensive starters aren't expected to play, but this is a Saints team. Their defense, they've got a lot of depth and some really good talent. I think they're still going to put a good effort together. So, guys, I think the play here is under, under 38. That's how I would play this evening game. All right, uh, we're going to talk a, a little bit uh, of Major League Baseball and some Tour Championship stuff in a little bit here with Anita Marks, but I want to go back into the NFL and talk kind of futures, right? I mean, this is still the last week or so that you can say, I'm going to tie up a couple of my dollars on a long-term type deal. A lot of people don't do that because it limits kind of the bankroll that they could use, but what are some of the ones that you do like that you would be, would be willing to tie up that money with? Yeah, first and foremost, probably my favorite uh, win total over-under is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think people are sleeping on them, and understandably so, right? You can argue that AFC North is the most competitive division in the NFL. But 
a few things. They have the 11th easiest schedule. They have a plus seven day rest edge, which is really important. Uh, not enough people pay attention to that. So, for example, the San Francisco 49ers have a negative 21 day rest. I'm fading the 49ers, but I'm loving the Steelers because they get that. Kenny Pickett has been outstanding this preseason. He's coming into his second year. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. George Pickens, I think, is going to take a next step up. They improved the defense with Joey Porter Jr. T.J. Watt is healthy. With T.J. Watt healthy and, and, and Mike Tomlin as the head coach, all the Steelers do is win. They uh, improved their offensive line with Broderick Jones. Watch out for tight end Darnell Washington. They're going to play a lot of 12 personnel with him and Spiremuth. It's going to be outstanding. So I just think the Steelers check all the boxes here for a win total of over eight and a half. Don't be surprised if three teams in the AFC North uh, make it into the postseason, even as competitive as the AFC North is. Okay, let's go south to the AFC South. It's fantasy football draft season, so everybody's trying to get their people in their lineups. And if you're maybe, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth in your draft order, you're thinking about who could be your RB1. And Travis Etienne falls into that category. Of course, you know, a lot of weapons around Trevor Lawrence with Calvin Ridley in the mix coming off. Longest playoff drought in North American team sports. What the hell are you talking about? The floor is the AFC championship game. Give me a freaking break. Mornings on ESPN Radio. It starts at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. This is Greeny with Mike Greenberg. I believe that Rodgers can just be a good quarterback this year. He doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to be maybe the most skilled of all time, which at his apex he was. He just has to be good. And I think he has elevated everything to the point where we have a real chance at having a great season with an above-average quarterback. Look, with an above-average quarterback last year, the Jets would have been a playoff team. I believe they have gotten better, if only because the young guys have gotten a year of experience. They've added Dalvin Cook. I really like the kid they drafted in the first round, Will McDonald. When someone comes into an organization that is special and demands that everyone else raise their level along with them, I think it makes everyone else better. I think Aaron Rodgers has literally changed everything about the Jets. And the way he plays, to me, is only a piece of the puzzle. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. This is Buster Only, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, inviting you to join us. We go three days a week with great guests from players such as Mike Trout and Carlos Correa, managers like Dusty Baker and Dave Roberts, general managers like Brian Cashman and Alex Anthopoulos, and our regulars, Tim Kirkchin, Sarah Langs, Jeff Pass, and Carl Ravitch. Baseball is a great fishbowl of humanity, and we go big game fishing every day. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It all comes down to this. The PGA Tour FedEx Cup playoffs on ESPN+. Plus. Golf's biggest names competing for the PGA Tour's ultimate prize. A field of 70 face-off in this winner-take-all affair. Three tournaments, three consecutive weeks, one winner. Tune in for live coverage at the main feed, featured groups, and featured holes. Beginning August 10th and ending August 27th on ESPN+. Plus. The hunt for October continues on ESPN Radio. Ronald Acuna 
Jr. with a bomb. The Atlanta Braves are storming toward the postseason with baseball's best record. This weekend, they head to San Francisco to face the Giants, who are in the thick of the National League wildcard race. And every game is critical. Towards the plate, the throw, and they get him. Wow. The Atlanta Braves and the San Francisco Giants. Coverage begins today at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. Best week ever, ESPN Radio, Peter Burns, Courtney Cronin, always presented by Progressive Insurance. Talking a little bit about the NFL, of course, the Trey Lance um, trade went down. It just, again, I, I find this very fascinating on so many different levels in the fact of the three first-round draft picks, a third-rounder, and then you ultimately put them up for sale basically on the uh, at the garage sale and be like, anybody want anything? And the, and the fact, Courtney... That when the Cowboys gave them a fourth round draft pick to pick up Trey Lance, despite having Cooper Rush, despite having, oh, by, by the way, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Dak Prescott, the 49ers were like, well, yeah, we were surprised we got a fourth round draft pick. Like, I can't, I, I don't understand if that's actually them being surprised and saying it out loud, or they actually want to just goat Jerry Jones a little bit, being like, somebody paid a fourth rounder for this? Only Jerry would. It, Show, it further shows like the process of how difficult it is to make these sorts of trades with players that you give a lot up for. Like one mm. person's, I don't want to use the word trash, but it's like one per that idea. One person's trash is another person's treasure. That's what this is because of how much draft capital they gave up to redo the draft order in 2021, months before it happened. And now it's, of course, some buyer's remorse. But again, breakups are very hard. And I feel like they're no one's truly at fault here in any of this. The injuries and the situation. The 49ers are at fault They're for at making fault one of for... the most lopsided, idiotic trades for a guy that never really played football. I mean, I... yes, but they never planned to have him not play football. They never planned to have the injuries in that entire situation. Fair. But okay. they did know that he didn't play a lot of football before they drafted him. So I'm willing to go all in and blame them for that. But I just. Trey Lance doesn't come out a loser in any of this. I hate it for him. I hope that this is the fresh start that he needs to not end up like Josh Rosen, a first-round pick, a high first-round pick that goes from team to team to team to out of the league because he doesn't deserve that. He deserves a true opportunity. He never was going to have that in San Francisco, which I think is why it was smart timing for them to not just play this thing through. He didn't want to be the number three quarterback. He wanted to go mm. somewhere and have a chance to compete. They did right by him by doing this, but of course, there's a mess that has to be cleaned up here in all of this. Nobody gets off, especially Kyle Shanahan, scot-free with the decision-making that led to this situation. I would like to have seen Trey Lance go to somewhere where I think that he'd have more of a chance to develop, right? Because I don't like, like in, in play, because he's not going to play anymore this year, right? To Correct. see what you actually have with them. And I'll look at this as well, too. And it's about time that I think that everybody wants to rip on Dak Prescott. I think it's about time for Dak Prescott to be like, you know what? I don't know how much longer I want to be a member of the Dallas Cowboys, right? And I, and I don't think it comes at, at, at right now at the beginning of the season. I think Dak is too good of a guy to to put that situation at the forefront, especially before the year. 
But that is a high pressure, high leverage job, right? I, I was talking to Spears, Marcus Spears, about it last night. And he goes, "Bro, it's it's you could you as long, unless you are Troy Aikman, unless you are unbelievable, okay, of the best of the best." You're never going to be good enough to be a Cowboys quarterback because everyone's going to have an opinion about it, right? And I feel like, yeah, to a certain extent, this shouldn't bother Dak Prescott. But in essence, you're saying, ah, just in case Dak doesn't work, we're going to get, you know, a backup to the backup plan. And at some point, I'd love to see Dak Prescott in a 49ers jersey, right? Or, or, or almost honestly, maybe the 49ers don't even deserve that with the way that they've handled the quarterback situations over the last couple of years. In fact, strike that. I don't want him to be a, a 49er you, because that, well, that would you, reward no. that would reward Dak uh, the the 49ers. But you like the idea of him being in that offense, which is fair, and I totally I can support Agreed. that theory. But that offense is being run a lot of different places across the NFL. It's being run down there in a couple hundred miles south by the Los it, Angeles Rams. If I had to say, right, if it wasn't the 49ers, but if there was a place, because I want to see Dak Prescott succeed. I want to see him have success. I, like, And I guess maybe I have the blinders on because I got to know Dak a little bit growing up and, and seeing him and, and how he's handled things going up. And I, and I was happy when he was... Dallas Cowboys quarterback because that you'll forever like your life changes. Okay. Being an NFL quarterback, it really changes when you work uh, under the star, right? When you work for Jerry Jones, everyone has an opinion about him. Is there a team? And I brought up the 49ers, but you would say, man, next year, I want to see Dak Prescott do this. I I would like to see Dak Prescott if he's going to have success, right? Where, where does that success play itself out that's a reasonable spot like we can't say the chiefs right no. you know can't see the bills where else minnesota where vikings else? okay because kurt i mean and this kind of brings everything full circle remember they were in on the early conversation about trey lance that never came to fruition i think a lot of it had to do with the draft capital and the compensation package that the 49ers were looking for earlier when they thought they could get more than a fourth round pick but this is – they're at a weird spot right now. Kirk Cousins is going into the final year of his contract. Their GM this offseason says he doesn't need to show him anything more. He's shown him all he can show him, but yet there's still that ceiling. Dak Prescott is a very similar quarterback in a lot of respects, statistically and otherwise, to Kirk Cousins. But if you – are the Minnesota Vikings looking at the fact that you have to pay Justin Jefferson and you have to pair him with a quarterback he wants to play with for the next phase of his career? Dude isn't even going to enter his prime for a couple of years. He's 24 years old and he's about to break the bank as the highest paid receiver in the NFL. Wouldn't you at least consider, depending upon how this season goes, a trade potentially for Dak Prescott, a chance for to upgrade that position, even if ever so slightly, to put him in an offense... That's going to make him successful. Again, the Shanahan system. Kevin O'Connell ran that. He was in Washington. Would that be wrong of him to do? Would, Kevin would O'Connell? That, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about would that be wrong about Dak? At, at some point, if it doesn't work out this year, and or, or do you think the Cowboys would just say, well, listen, we want to move you? I th- Well, I, I knowing him too, I don't think that he would be the guy to come out and put a trade request out. I think it would end up being the Dallas Cowboys saying, we can't do this anymore. We're going to move you. I mean, hell, there was even conversation this year. It's like if Aaron Rodgers can get traded, why can't Dak Prescott be in there in the mix too? So I am not surprised that this is a talking point, 
But this year is going to tell us a lot about Dak Prescott. It's going to tell us if he can cut down on the interceptions, if Mike McCarthy is all of a sudden, you know, the whisperer in helping him do that. And if this sort of move with Trey Lance, which I don't think has any effect on Dak Prescott, because let's not forget Cooper Rush is their backup quarterback. He Mm -hmm. did admirably in place of Dak last year when Dak was injured week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's, It's not a situation that I think is going to play itself out in an ugly manner unless they lose, unless they have a complete regression with Dak at quarterback, and then he moves on. But I think that if he plays well again this year, he ends up getting that extension, and this conversation will never carry legs or get legs at that point. It is interesting because I feel like this is as gettable as the NFC is going to be in a little bit. If San Francisco can't figure it out, and I don't know, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to have the same amount of success that he had at the end of the year. I think defensive coordinators are going to get more film on him and he will struggle and he'll regress a little bit more to the mean. The Eagles are going to be great. But outside of that, if you're selling, you know, this is that window for the Dallas Cowboys to win. It is. And, and, and again, that, that's the only thing I look at it and be like, listen, if you're going to go trade for a player, Okay, this you're, I understand that you're trading for the quote unquote future, but what are you really trading for in Trey Lance? You're not trading for a backup quarterback. You're trading for some come. You're trading for value, basically. You're trinket trading. You're basically saying, uh, okay, I'm going to go buy this oil well that hasn't provided any oil, hoping that we strike it rich one day down the road. The problem is is that you can strike it rich right now. If you're going to give a fourth round draft pick or to someone, go give it to an offensive lineman. Okay, go give it to someone who you think that, hey, listen, I can give, I can have some type of success and put them in right here, right now. And I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just caught up in what the Rams had done, even though, you know, it was a flash in the pan. But guys saying, we're going to do everything we can. We throw all of our chips on the table right here, right now. Okay. And if it works, hey, we're there because what, ha- what you've done in the years past of trying this bargain hunting clearly hasn't worked to bring you to the promised land that Jerry Jones wants. It never hurts to have another quarterback in the room. And this was their plan during the offseason. They wanted to go into the draft and come away with a quarterback. Jerry Jones said that at the Senior Bowl. But the way that the draft board fell in the mid-rounds, and of course Stetson Bennett going to the Los Angeles Rams as a fourth-round pick, it took away some of their options. So they were still able to check that box this offseason and Mm -hmm. get a quarterback for relatively a cheap price. He's got two years left on this contract, and if it doesn't work out, all they gave up was a fourth-round pick in the process, a fourth-round pick that they were probably going to end up using at some point in maybe next year's draft on a quarterback, depending upon who was available there in a much deeper draft class that we would have expected to see. But I I don't fault them for doing this. I actually think it was kind of a smart move for the future and mm-hmm. how it plays out. I just don't think it has any real impact on Dak Prescott at all, well, especially no, right I, now. I think you're right. And to me what it what it looks like is that hey, we think we can get a four, we're going to give you a fourth rounder right now. Because sooner or later someone's going to sit there and go, "You know what? He's buried on this roster. Maybe I'll give me I'll give you a third round." Like if that's what it felt. It felt like they took him in the fourth or they gave him a fourth round draft pick not to develop him at any point. It's more so that somebody somewhere is be like, you know what, Trey Lance, he's not getting an opportunity out there. I'll, get, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a third rounder. It feels like a draft day uh, type trade up, trade down selection. She's Courtney Cronin. You can follow her over on social media at Courtney R. Cronin, myself at Peter Burns ESPN. All right, coming up, even though nobody saw it, USC looked 
pretty good yesterday, including Caleb Williams. Back-to-back Heismans. We'll talk about that coming up next here at ESPN Radio. Love to play. Sit back and enjoy. The Little League World Series Championship, presented by T-Mobile, today on ABC. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Let's take injuries out of the mix, because that can happen to anyone. If things go south, it's because Aaron Rodgers is not playing at the level that he has played at throughout his career, and he looks more like the guy that we saw in the second half of last season. The Jets did the right thing in improving and trying to go get him. You also have to acknowledge that this is risky to a degree when you are going after a quarterback of that age coming off that kind of a season. Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.